Anybody know what our main verse is that we're using at the beginning of each? Acts 10.38. And how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. That's a great verse, isn't it? And so we've been just going through and following Jesus, you know, in his healing ministry. And so I'm not going to review it all today. I've reviewed quite a bit, so I think you're all reviewed up. So let's just pick up with the new material. What do you say? Let's go to Mark, the seventh chapter. And we're going to look at this Syrophoenician woman whose daughter was delivered. And uh, as we read this, I want you to not only focus on the healing aspect of it but uh, or you know the deliverance aspect of it but this is really a lesson about not being offended not being offended and in Mark the seventh chapter the 24th verse says from there Jesus arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon and he entered a house and wanted no one to know it but he could not be hidden so you know he was very popular and and rightly so and people followed him to what why did they come to Jesus to hear and be healed to hear and be healed okay and so uh, and notice here in verse 25 for a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit now Matthew's account of this said that she was severely demon-possessed And notice she heard about Jesus and she came and fell at his feet. So she heard about him and came. Remember that woman with the issue of blood? She heard about Jesus and came. And uh, this lady did the same thing. She heard about Jesus and she came and fell at his feet. And actually Matthew's account says that she worshipped him. So she didn't just fall down before him, but she was worshipping him. And... uh, Verse 26 says, the woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, so she was not an Israelite. Now, you need to remember that. And notice the Bible says she kept asking him. She kept asking him. Uh, Now, she was, Matthew's account said that uh, she was saying, have mercy on me, Lord, and help me, you know. So she kept asking him. And the reason she kept asking him is because, again, maybe we should have read Matthew's account as well, but, but uh, because Jesus wouldn't answer her a word. He wasn't talking to her. He wasn't responding to her. Uh, now that right there, have you ever gone up to anybody and asked them a question and they didn't respond? Are they just like ignored you? I mean, that's... That's pretty, that's, that's, that, I mean, have you ever felt offended right there, you know, when you've gone up and, and asked somebody a question and they just act like you're not even there, they don't pay any attention to you? Well, that's essentially what was happening here. This lady heard about Jesus, heard about his, you know, his healing power and all of that. And she came to him, fell at his feet, crying out to him, worshiping him. And uh, he's not talking to her. He's not answering her a word. But it's interesting. The Bible says here in verse 20, 26, she kept asking him. 
And so this is also a lesson in prayer when it looks like God's not answering us. We just keep on asking. We just keep right on. We just keep right on knocking at the door, you know, just keep keep right on asking him. Okay, so this is a good lesson in prayer also. This is also a good lesson in endurance. This lady wasn't going to give up. She wasn't going to give up. She was was not going to turn loose of the Lord until she got her answer. And so we can learn a lot from this lady, you know, and we need to be the same way. I don't see anywhere in here that this lady was rude to the Lord at all or, or abrasive or anything. She was very humble. And, and in no way am I saying that Jesus was rude to her. Because he, 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 how many of you know God's not rude, you know? The Bible says God is love. And we see in 1 Corinthians 13 that Love is not rude. So Jesus wasn't being rude. Now, it may it certainly probably look like it, he was being rude, but he wasn't being rude. But, you know, uh, he wasn't answering her. And he's God. He can do what he wants. Is that right? I mean, you know, so he's not talking. And, but she's not going to quit. She is not going to give up. Her daughter is severely demon-possessed. She needs help. And uh, he's not talking to her, but she just keeps right on asking, not going to give up. And uh, so anyway, here in verse 26, so she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. Now, her daughter wasn't there. She was back at home. But this lady had come on behalf of her daughter. You know, you can come to the Lord on behalf of other people. Did you know that? And, and certainly you can come to the Lord on behalf of other people when they're under your authority. Did you get what I just said right there? I mean, you can come to the Lord on behalf of other folks, certainly. But when the, the, the person you're coming on behalf of is under your authority, you even have you, you, there's even more weight that you carry there, you see. And so uh, she definitely had authority over her daughter. So she comes to Jesus on behalf of her daughter and wants him to cast the demon out. Now, look at here at verse 27. But Jesus said to her, let the children... Be filled first, for it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now, first of all, when he's talking about the children here, he's talking about the children of Israel. As Matthew's account said, Jesus said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So so he's talking about here, uh, uh, you know, the Israelites, the people of God. And the people who had a covenant with God. And this lady did not have a covenant with the Lord. She was not an Israelite. You understand that? And so he says, let the children or let the children of God, let the Israelites, you know, be filled first. And we understand the gospel, you know, is to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. I mean, so he's saying that, you know, that the, the deliverance and the healing power, uh, let it be the, to the children of Israel first. And uh, and then he says, for it's not good to take the children's bread. Now, you understand this this daughter was a little little child. You understand that that she came on behalf of. But he's not talking about age here. He's talking about the, the people of God, the, the children of God. You understand that the Israelites. He said, let the children, let the Israelites be filled first, for it's not good to take their bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now. If you were not an Israelite, you didn't have a covenant with the Lord and you were considered a dog. That's how the Israelites looked at, 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 at 
folks who were not Jews, they were looked at as dogs without a covenant. You need to realize that. And so he says here, he says it's not, he says it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. So he was basically saying that her daughter was, was a, a, a little dog. I mean, uh, uh, you know, didn't have a covenant with the Lord and was, 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 was a child and, and, uh, and so we can, we can talk about that all we want, all we want, but at the end of the day, he called her daughter a little dog. Now, you know, I've learned this over the years. It's one thing when you uh, say something, and I, and I learned this teaching school when I taught junior high, you know. It's one thing when you say something to a parent, but when you, when, when a parent thinks you're picking on their child, now that's a whole nother shooting match right there. I mean, and, and those of you who are parents in here, I think you'd agree that, you know, if you wanted me to pick on you or your child, you'd probably rather have me pick on you than your child. I mean, let me put it another way. I mean, it's one thing if I called you ugly, but it's another thing if I called your child ugly. You see what I'm saying now? Now, I mean, now if I called you a bad name, it's a fight. It's, we're gonna. It's a fighting match. But if I call your child something, now it's a it's a shooting match. You follow what I'm saying? Now you you know that's the truth. It's one thing for me to pick on you, but it's another thing if I start picking on your child. And I know that. I've learned that over the years. You start picking on people's children. Now, not that I ever did. You know, but but when I was teaching school, I remember there was this one girl in, in, in my class and she was causing me some some issues, uh, behavior issues, you know, and, and I had to get boisterous with her the one day and raise my voice to her. And, you know, and uh, you just I just did. <laughs> and uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I shut her down and and uh the next day the next morning i'm in there sitting before school i'm sitting there at my desk and and the door comes open and i look over and here comes this big fella and 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 he wasn't too happy at all i'll tell you for sure and uh that was her dad and he came in and just just flat he just told me how i mean i thought he was going to i thought he was going to tear my head off you know and the assistant principal came in and got in between, you know, he's ready to go at me, you know, and got because I because I went off on his daughter. But she had it coming. But see, when, but he you see, he didn't realize that he didn't want to see that side of it. He you know, he but the, you get you get what I'm saying. It's one thing when you when you insult somebody, but you insult their child. You know, that's a whole nother thing, you know. I don't know. I, I've heard this saying over the years. It's one thing if you shoot me, but don't shoot my dog, you know. Now, I'm not talking a little child now, but, you know, people's pets. Now, how many of you know what I'm talking about there? Pets. Now, I'm not talking about little kids. Now, I'm talking about pets. I've already had people say to me, you, you shoot me. Now, I'm, I, I'm not going around shooting people. Say amen, everybody. But, but you should, you know, you, 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 know <laughs> you shoot somebody, but you say they, they've said, you know, shoot me, but don't shoot my dog. You know, you can really get in a fight. You, you start picking on people's animals, you know. Yeah. You know, I, I've already been where they, you know, you go and knock on somebody's door and the dog comes, you know. Or, or you, no, let's don't even do that. You're, I, run in this, I run in the neighborhood, you know. And uh, you have a dog. I mean, you'd just be minding your own business running out on the sidewalk 
and the dog will come out and just go at you, you know, and you try to defend yourself and, and you know, the people will they'll come out of the house and how dare you pick on my dog? Well, I wasn't picking on the dog. The dog was after me. But people are very sensitive about their children and they should be and, and sensitive about their pets. So why, don't, why am I saying this is because Jesus just called this lady's daughter a little dog. Now, those are fighting words. You understand that those are fighting words. Picking on the daughter, picking on the little girl. And on top of that, she's demon possessed. And this lady came with a good and a right attitude. It looks to me, Jesus isn't talking to her. And now he just called her daughter a little dog. Well, what do we learn here? We learn this lady is, is persistent, if nothing else. And, and Jesus calls her daughter a little dog. But notice verse 28. And she answered and said to him, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Now, think about that. She didn't get mad. She didn't get offended. She, a lot of folks right there would have wanted to fight Jesus. A lot of folks right there would have started calling Jesus names. A lot of people right there would have just walked away in anger and disgust. But she didn't do any of those things. She said to him, actually, she came up with quite a, a good uh, 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 saying here, uh, very, very, very sharp on this lady's part. She said, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. I think that's pretty sharp, don't you? I mean, that's, 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 a, that's a, you know, uh, uh, you know, I don't need the main course. Just give me the crumbs, you know. How many of you know the crumbs from God's table is pretty good eating? Is that right? Just the crumbs. And uh, but yet he doesn't want us to eat the crumbs. He wants us to pull up to the table. He's prepared a table for us, you know, in the presence of our enemies. Is that right? But even, but 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 even the crumbs off the Lord's table is pretty good. And that's what she was saying. The, the little dogs under the table eat, eat the crumbs. Now, notice when she said that now she gets Jesus talking. That got him going. That got him talking. Then he said to her for this saying. For this saying, for this saying, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she'd come to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. Now, that's wonderful, isn't it? But it was for that saying. It was see, she didn't get angry. She didn't get 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 disgusted. She didn't, you know, all these things I've already told you. She hung in there. She stayed with it. She did not get offended. You know, people get offended so easily. I mean, I've been pastoring now for 25 plus years and in the ministry 10 years before that. So 35 years and in other areas of my life, I've watched people get offended so easily. Just at the littlest old thing, they'll just get so offended a lot of times. I tell you what, if you're easy to get offended, you're going to you're going to have trouble receiving from the Lord. You know that you really, really are, because the Lord a lot of times says things that steps on our toes. Now, if you've read your Bible at all or you've ever been under any real Holy Ghost uh, inspired preaching, the Lord sometimes will step all over your toes. Uh, but if you'll not get offended, hang on long enough, he'll turn right around. If you'll repent, you know, if you need to repent, then he'll heal him, you see. But folks will get it. They'll get offended over the little soul things, you know. And uh, but it was for that saying. 
And it was a sharp saying and it got Jesus's attention and it moved him. It said even the little dogs underneath the uh, children's table, you know, uh, eat the crumbs. You know, I, I like that. That's pretty catchy. And that got Jesus's attention. She didn't get offended, but rather she came up with a way to, to, to get through to, to, to the Lord. And she did, got his attention, and as a result, got her daughter healed. Isn't that wonderful? It's wonderful. For that saying, you know, I, I know in uh, one time here at the church, for, for that saying, you see, I was in the office. And it was a, during a weekday. Nobody else was here. And uh, I sit in, in my office, and the door you know, we keep the doors locked during the day, you know, and, and that's before we had the doorbell. And, and somebody, I could hear somebody was out there jingling that door. And so I came out of my office and I looked out and there was a fella. He was standing out there. He had, a, 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 I think it was a blue van and, uh, and, and he was jingling the door. And so I went out there and I asked him what he wanted. And he said, are you the pastor? And I said, yes, I'm the pastor. He said, well... He said, I need some help. I need some financial assistance. And uh, now you need to realize there's lots of scam artists around. And, 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 and Dale will tell you, we've helped so many people over the years. And, and I'd say 99, I'm talking about people that have just people passing by. And, you know, I've, I've had people call. I've taken hamburgers over to, to the Motel 6 for people. And, and Dale has too. And we put people up in hotels and, and, you know, just all, you name it, just about, we've done it to help folk, you know, but we've been, we've been, we've been, uh, we've been shystered a lot. You know what I mean by that? You know, how many knows what I mean by that? We've been, we've been, Dale, Dale's got, Dale put both hands up because a lot of times he's going, him or me. And, uh, but we've helped people and we've been scammed. Do you know what I mean? And so we put in a policy before this guy showed up. We put in a policy that we're just going to, you know, we help the church members and so forth and so on. And, and you need to be attending here regularly. Cause I found this out with, with folks that, you know, a lot of times somebody comes by and there, and there's lots of scam people. I mean, lots of scam people, you know. I think sometimes when I drive by those folks side of the road, you know, at the stoplights and, you know, will work for food. How many of you see that are homeless? And, and Diane and I, we just were out the other day driving along and they were out throughout the area. And I looked at her and I said, those people probably make more than you and I do, you know, just just standing out there receiving it, you know. But uh, uh, and it's interesting. They'll be out there a lot of times and uh, there'll be a help wanted sign in the window. Why don't they go up? The, you, huh? Why don't they go up and come on now? Now, I'm for helping people that really need help. I really am. But I'm not for helping lazy people that come on now. But anyway, so we've been we've helped everybody. You can imagine we've been scammed. But but you know what? The Lord, it's on our account. and God's taking care of us, you know. But we so we put in a policy that, you know, we just help church members and so forth. And what I was going to say is it'd be one thing if you could give money to folk and help them. But so many times you just give money to folk and uh, you're just putting a Band-Aid on a cancer, you know. And you, how many of you know what I'm talking about? You're just postponing the inevitable. And, uh, uh, and, and if they don't make some changes in their life, they're just, 
you know, uh, just giving them money isn't, isn't the answer, you know. But now there are people out there that legitimately need it. And so we want to help those folks. But Diane will tell you, my wife, aren't there people that go around and they go from church to church and church to church? Just is that correct? And, and so anyway, so, so we had to put a policy in place, all right, that you ha- we have to get to know the person and so on and so forth, all right? So anyway, I go to the door. We're talking about for this saying. You're wondering where I'm going with this, but you'll, you'll just hold on with me. So I go to the door and the guy says, says, Pastor, he says, he didn't know me. I didn't know him. He said, I need, I need, I need, I need some help here. And I said, well, you know, I said, I'd like to help you, but. And then I went through, we've helped, you know, folks over the years and we've been scammed. And I said, look, you just come to the church here and, and attend, attend for a while and let me get to know you. And then once we get to know you, you know, if, if you're if you legitimate, if you legitimately need help, we'll, we'll help you. And he said to me, <laughs> he said to me, he said, OK, so uh, what you're telling me is if uh, is if I'm driving down the road and I notice, pastor, that you had an accident and you're laying out there side of your car and you need uh, you need CPR and mouth to mouth. You want me to get out of my vehicle and walk over to you and look at you and you need a CPR and mouth to mouth. And you want me to say to you, OK, pastor, uh, uh, I'll, I'll administer this to you, but I got to get to know you first. I got to get to know you. I got to spend a little time with you and get to know you. And if you're legitimate, then I'll apply the CPR and the mouth to mouth. Well, that's pretty hilarious. That was a good that was good what he said. I mean, that was good what that man said. I that was it, 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 I thought, you know, so so I'll apply the CPR, but I got to get to know you first. I mean, you don't if somebody needs CPR and somebody needs mouth to mouth and all that, you don't need to get to know you want to you don't want to have tea with them. You want them to start. Is that right? If you're laying down there half dead. So I thought to myself and I thought that's the greatest response I've ever had in my life. And I told him, I said, I said, normally I wouldn't do this. And I didn't take it out of the church money. I took it out. I reached in my pocket and I said, for that saying, I'm going to help you. And so I took my own money and I gave him some money. I thought that was a good, good, good saying. It was it was really good. It it was kind of hilarious if you think about it. Very good saying. I like that. I, I like that. And so I gave him some money. And uh, and so he said, well, I, you know what? He said, I'll 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 come come and back and, you know, maybe I'll come to the church, you know. So he drove off. And I never really I think he came once or twice, but I didn't really get to know him. He just. So then about three months later. I'm in my office and the door door jingles out there. And so I go out and it's this fella standing there. Now, I've got a good memory. I remember people, but I don't think he had a very good memory. <laughs> and especially if you're going from church to church doing this, you're going to lose track of who all you've been to. So I, three months ago, I go out there and the door's jingling. And uh, it's the same guy. And I go out there and he says, are, are you the pastor? I said, <laughs> now I knew who he was. But, uh, he said, I said, yeah, I'm the pastor. He said, uh, he said, he said, I need some help. 
I said, you do? Yeah, I do. I said, well, we have a policy. And I went over the policy. And he said, you know what? He said, that's a good policy and all. But he said, what if you were uh, driving down the road and you had an accident and you're laying there? And he went through this whole thing through me, you know, went through the whole thing, you know. And he said, you're laying there and you need CPR. Do you want me to walk up to you and say, you know, I need to get to know you first before I do the CPR? You know, <laughs> And so I looked at him and I said, fool me once, you know, shame on. How does it go? Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me once. I didn't help him the second time I sent him on down the way. But I thought that was hilarious. Just absolutely. But for this saying, for this saying. So for that saying, he got me the first time. But for this saying, for that saying, she got her daughter delivered. Isn't that wonderful? Now look at Matthew 15, verse 29. Let's just go on with this. Jesus departed from there. See, what I'm doing is I'm chronicling all of the healing miracles that Jesus did in his ministry. We're just going through them one by one. That's what the Holy Spirit told me to do. So that's what we're doing. We'll just stay on it as long as we as it takes. And what you may not realize is while we're doing this, the anointing of God, the power of God is going, it's here. It's here to, if you need healing, you just reach out and receive it. If you're on Facebook, YouTube, whatever you're watching, just reach out and receive it. The power of God will just jump right off on you and heal you. Now notice here in Matthew 15, verse 20, 29, Jesus departed from there, skirted the Sea of Galilee, went up on the mountain and sat down there. Then great multitudes came to him. What's a multitude? Well, we don't know for sure. But what did I what did I say? The, Jew, the Jewish tradition said about 10,000. Yeah. But well, we don't know for sure. But when it, the Bible says great multitudes, you need to realize there's a lot of people there. Great multitudes came to him. Having with them. Now, notice, see, again and again, we see Jesus's healing ministry wouldn't have been what it was if people weren't bringing the sick to him. And it's a great, a great way to see if we have faith or not. Are we bringing people to Jesus? Are we telling people about Jesus? And, uh, and if, if we are, then I think that's a sign of faith on our part. And if we're not, then it's a sign of a lack of faith on our part. So great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, blind, mute, maimed, and many others. Now you think about that. Wouldn't you like to have been there just to watch this? And uh, laid them down at Jesus' feet. And he healed them. Is that wonderful? He healed them. Healed every last one of them. So the multitude marveled when they saw the mute speaking. See, the multitude marveled. The multitude marveled. See, that's, that, that's the attitude we ought to have anytime somebody gets healed or really anytime we read about one of these healing miracles that Jesus did. It, 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 we ought to marvel. We ought to marvel. I, I tell you what, I, I, I've watched this over the years where, where even in this ministry where I've seen people get, get healed right, just, just right here in this sanctuary of some of the most wonderful things and, 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 and people see it with their own eyes and just stand there and look at it and say, what time are we going out for lunch? See, that, that's sad, isn't it? I'm talking about days gone by now. Or you'll go up and you'll tell somebody, you know, about a great healing or a miracle that you saw. And, uh, and, and they just stand there and look at you. Well, I, I tell you what, when I hear that somebody's been healed, I marvel. I get excited about it. I, I think it's fantastic, you know. Yes. See, I've learned this about the Lord. If you, don't, if you don't marvel at what he does, he tends to not 
do as much of what he wants to do. Did you get what I just said? We have to esteem, you know, what the Lord does and get excited about it. I believe the Lord likes it when we get excited about it. You know, every time somebody gets saved, because I've, I've watched this too over the many, many, many years. You know, you'll tell somebody how so-and-so got saved and they'll just stand there and look at you. I'm talking, you're talking to a Christian now and say, say to the Christian, so-and-so got saved. But you know what happens in heaven when somebody gets saved? They have a lot. They have a shouting time up there when somebody gets saved, you know. And, and the Bible says that God, Jesus said he wants the will of the Father done on earth as it is in heaven. So when we see people get saved or healed, I mean, I mean, we ought to just, I mean, we ought to just rejoice a little bit about it. Right. Is that right? Get excited. So anyway, and I'm talking over the last, you know, 20, 25, 35 years of, of, of doing this. So the multitude uh, marveled. See, they marveled. You know, you can grab things from the Bible, from, from just about every word in the Bible. There's something to take from it. I didn't even have that marvel highlighted there. It just jumped right out at me as I'm reading here. They marveled. The multitude marveled. You know, I highlight certain things that I want to emphasize. I didn't even have that. But it just jumped right out at me. The multitude, what did they do? They, 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 they what? They marveled. They marveled. We ought to look that word up sometime. It'd be a good study. What, 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 did, what did they do? They marveled. What, what does that really mean? You can spend hours just on one word in the Bible. Did you know that? The Bible's infinite. It just really is. It's just you could spend forever studying it and still just not even scratch the surface. The multitude marveled when they saw the mute speaking, the maimed made whole, the lame walking, the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. See, they glorified. There's another thing that I didn't have emphasized, but they glorified. See, they glorified God. Glorified God. It's wonderful, isn't it? Now, notice here in Mark, the seventh chapter. Let's go here. And we're going to talk about this deaf mute getting healed. And uh, did you all recover from when I goofed that joke up a few weeks ago? I goofed that one up, didn't I? Did, I, I told two jokes. I told two jokes. And one of them went real good, but I, I goofed the second one up, you know. And I'm sure there's people on Facebook because we cut it off, you know. And we didn't put it on Facebook. I'm sure there's people wanted to hear it. They didn't get to. So I don't want to deprive them. So I'm going to do it real quick. There was this. Uh, is that all right? And I'm going to get it right this time. There's this, this deaf mute, you know, and he was a de- blackjack dealer in Las Vegas. And, and, and he, could, he couldn't. Uh, uh, he's deaf. He couldn't hear. And he couldn't speak. So he had an interpreter with him all the time that they, you know, whenever he was commun- communicating with somebody, he did the sign language, you know. And so he'd sign language to the interpreter and the interpreter would speak, you know, to whoever. And that's how they did it. That's how they did their. That's how the mute lived, you know. And he was a blackjack dealer. So the people would come up playing blackjack and they'd have to communicate with the with the mute through the interpreter. OK. So anyway, as it went along, the the uh, the deaf mute, you know, hit his drawer, you know, at the end of the day, his drawer it was never a penny short. Never, never a penny short in, in 30 years. It was always right. You know, never a penny short. And uh, but he didn't get paid as he should over the years and, and and he didn't get retirement. So he's coming down to this last night of work. And he, he said, well, I'm going to make up. He said to himself, I'm going to make up for all this. And uh, he, he said, I, I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal one hundred thousand dollars out of the out of the drawer tonight. My last night. 
Now, now, now what I didn't tell you, and I need to tell you, see the big boss man that owned the casino? He was up, upstairs in, in, in the big suite up there. And every night when the dealers would turn their drawers in, you know, uh, he'd go over all the money and the, and the mute was never a penny short in 30 years, you know. But the last night, the mute, and nobody knew it. Nobody knew it. The interpreter, nobody knew it. The mute took, he took that, that $100,000 and he hid it in a very, 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 very secret place. Because he's making up for all those years, you know, that he didn't get paid what he should. And so he goes, he goes his way, you know, that last night and he's got that money. Nobody knew about it. The interpreter didn't know. Nobody knew. But when the drawer came in upstairs, the big boss man looked at it and guess what? It was a hundred thousand dollars short. And so he calls the mute and the interpreter in and he says to the interpreter, he says, ask the, ask the mute, where the, where's the hundred thousand dollars? And so the interpreter signs to the, I'm going to get it right this time. He signs to the mute and he says, uh, the big boss man wants to know where the $100,000 is. So he signs that to him and the mute signs back. He says, what $100,000? So the interpreter says to the boss man, he says, mute says, what $100,000? So the big boss man says to the interpreter, he says, tell the mute, He's missing $100,000 from the drawer and I want it and I want it now. And so the interpreter signs that to the mute and says, the big boss man, you know, in sign language, the big boss man says your drawer is $100,000 short and he wants it now. So the mute says back to the interpreter, he says, he, he didn't say, he signed to him. He says, he said, uh, he says, tell the, tell the big boss man, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what he's talking about. So the interpreter said to the boss man, the mute doesn't know what you're talking about. So the big boss man pulls out this big gun, slaps it on the desk and says, tell the mute that if he doesn't give me the hundred thousand dollars, if he doesn't tell me where it's at, I'm going to blow him away. And so. So then the interpreter signs that to the mute and says, the big boss man says that if you don't give him the hundred thousand dollars right away, he's going to blow you away. So the mute starts shaking and he signs to the interpreter and he signs the interpreter and he says, tell the big boss man that the money is hidden. Now he's signing this, that the money is at my house. It's under my bed in a secret hiding area right under my bed. And he tells him, the interpreter exactly where the money's at. And so the interpreter turns to the big boss man and says, the mute says you ain't got the guts to blow him away. Did you get it? Did you get it? Now I tell it enough, you're going to get it. So guess who's going to get all that money? The mute's going to get blown away and the interpreter's going to get away with $100,000. I think that, did I do better that time? I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. It's a long, kind of complicated. Hey, let's be serious now as I, I go on here. Uh, Mark 7, verse 31. I tell very few jokes, so when I t- but I, I, I messed that up so bad the first time I had to redeem myself. All right, again, de- again departing from the re- this is Mark seven thirty one. Again departing from the- see I teach the word, teach the word, teach the word, teach the word. Every once in a while you need a little little something else. So there you go. Again departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. 
Then what did they do? They what? What did they do? They, there it is again. You just, you just can't get away from it. They brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to put his hand on him. Think about that. They begged him to put his hand on him. And notice he took him aside from the multitude. He took him aside from the multitude. Pulled him aside. Put his fingers in his ears. And he spit and touched his tongue. Now you think about that. You think about that. Uh, Now I wouldn't let anybody do that to me except for Jesus. Now I wouldn't even let my wife do that to me. Would you? And uh, but, but if Jesus wants to do it, it's all right. So think about that. I mean, we read these things so quickly. Sometimes we don't take the time to think he spit. Jesus spit. Think about that. He spit. Jesus spit. He was just as human as you or me. hundred percent God, but just as human as you or me. He spit. And so he must have spit on his finger or something. And, and touch this guy's tongue. Now, then, now you say, now why did he have to do that? I don't know. I don't have the first clue. But that's what he did. You know, I, I know in the healing ministry here at Summit Church over the many years, God at times, Spirit of God at times has had me do things, unusual things. Just, just unusual things. Well, like I, I shared this once before, I'll say it again. I, ha- I saw when I was assisting another pastor, there was a man came up, a, a, a thin man came up that had a back problem. And the pastor was, was, was heavy set, and, and, and the guy had a back problem. And the pastor had the guy lay down on his stomach. And the pastor got up and walked on this guy's back. And I hear, I hear it cracking, the back cracking. And, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. You know, I thought, why couldn't the pastor just lay hands on him? Why couldn't the pastor just say, be healed? Why, 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 why? Well, because the Holy Ghost told him to lay, told the guy, to, told the pastor to have the guy lay down on his stomach and walk on his back. And the pastor's walking on this guy's back and I hear his back cracking. And I'm thinking, my gosh, this pastor's going to break this guy's back. It's, you know, his back's already in, got pain. Now it's really going to have problems. See, but if the Holy Ghost tells you to walk on it, that's a whole different thing. And he walked on this guy's back and this guy got up absolutely, totally 100% healed. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? That's wonderful. I remember uh, just a few things here uh, back when we were in the school. First time that the Lord ever had me do something unusual is I was praying for the sick. We had a line of people. I was praying for the sick and I came up to this fellow who had a stomach problem. And I just, and the Lord right on the inside impressed me to just hit the guy in the stomach. Not hard, but just kind of hit him in the stomach. And so I didn't obey the Lord because I didn't want to do that. So I just went on down the line. And, and the further I went, the, the less the anointing got. It just started the anointing, just, just started the lift up off of me. And so I realized I'd missed it. So I, I, I called the people that I had prayed for since that, since that guy, since I disobeyed God. I got them back up there and then I pulled, got him back up there. And I said, sir, I miss God. I said, uh, I said, uh, uh, it, 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 I said, you've got a stomach problem. I, I said, is it any better since I prayed for you? He said, no. I said, well, it's because I missed the Lord. He wanted me to just lightly pump, 
punch you in the stomach. Is that all right if I do? And he said, well, surely. And I said, I won't hit you hard. But, but, but he said, yeah, please don't hit me hard. I didn't hit him hard. But, but, uh, uh, but I, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I popped him in the stomach, instantly healed. Is that wonderful? Is that wonderful? Is that wonderful? There was a lady in here, a girl in here that we had... Uh, she was a member of the worship team years ago. Uh, my wife told me she had had a knot on her neck, you know, a big old knot. I've told you the story before, but maybe somebody hasn't heard it. It's the size of a golf ball. And uh, I guess it was a big old cyst. I don't know, but it just kind of came up like overnight. It was just, just like came up. It was big, big old like a golf ball. That's pretty big. I mean, you wouldn't want a golf ball sized thing in the back of your neck. And so uh, she was, so my wife told me about it. So we had a healing line and, and, and I went to pray for her generally, generally, just generally. And the spirit of God arrested me, you know, and said, uh, uh, slap that thing and curse it in the name of Jesus. So I asked her, is it all right if you need to get people's permission, you know? And so she said, surely go right ahead, obey God. So I, I, I said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I said, I curse you. And I slapped it just like that. And, uh, and, and, and within 24 hours, that was on a Sunday morning, uh, the next day, within 24 hours, that thing had, had just absolutely had dried up and gone away. Isn't that wonderful? It, it, I mean, it, that's wonderful. There was a fellow that attended here that uh, many years ago, he was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Now, I don't, I, don't, I don't even know what all that is, but he was a smart individual, very smart, and it had affected him so where he couldn't even drive home from work at night. He'd have to pull off the side of the road and get his wife to give him directions to get home. He didn't know, I mean, that, 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 whatever that disease is does funny things to folks, but it, it was really affecting him. And, uh, and, and I remember we had a healing line that day, and uh, he did not come up in the line. He didn't come up in the line. And so I was praying for folks. He was standing off over here to my left. And so I, I just, felt impressed to the spirit of God to go over there and just slap him upside the head and say be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus and so I walked over there to him and now I normally ask permission I didn't ask permission that day I, I'm glad he didn't slug me back but but he knew who I was you know and, and he knew I wouldn't hurt him I said in the name of the Lord Jesus I slapped him right side the head and uh and, 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 and instantly he was healed. Is that wonderful? Is that wonderful? I remember there was a girl that came up in the line back many, many years ago. Uh, uh, she had a, a, an ulcerated cornea in her eye. And uh, I remember I looked at that thing and it was it was scary looking. They were they were concerned for her vision that that she could uh, possibly even lose her vision, you know, and, and she had been to the doctor and whatnot. And and the doctor did assist and help her. To whatever degree, but but wasn't making the the inroads as they wanted, and uh, it, it looked it looked pretty bad, and so. Uh she came up in the line and I remember that when she was standing in front of me, the spirit of God said to blow in her eye, blow in her eye. And so I asked her, could I blow in your eye? She said, yes. And I, I said, in the name of the Lord Jesus, be healed and healed from that from that moment. Is that wonderful? 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 Now, I can't heal anybody, but why, why, why am I sharing this? Is because sometimes the Lord will have you do, from the healing, when you're, when you're the minister here, you know, and you've got a healing ministry, sometimes the Lord will have you do unusual things. Now, most of the time, we just pray for people generally and don't. Now, I could tell you of other things, but these are just some that I thought of. Uh, that uh, uh, They say, why don't you do that with everybody? Because you can only do it as a spirit uh, would lead you to do those unusual things. Now you can always pray generally for folk, and we've got we've got tons and tons and tons of people healed just generally praying for them. You know, isn't that wonderful? 
But notice Jesus spit, touched his tongue, then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Apatheta, or that is, be opened. And uh, so now there he says something. So he did something, he said something. Immediately his ears were open, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. Isn't that wonderful? Then he commanded uh, them that they should tell no one. Now we talked to you in an earlier session about why Jesus at times would have, uh, 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 he would tell people don't tell anyone. So I'm not going to go through that with you again. But there's reasons why the Lord would tell folks not to, to, to make it known. Now remember with the maniac of Gadara, once he got delivered, the Lord sent him back to Decapolis and said, go tell your friends what good things the Lord has done for you. Remember that? So Jesus had his reasons. But notice this, but the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And besides all that, Jesus wasn't here to build a reputation for himself, was he? The Bible says he made himself of no reputation. But anyway, we talked to you about that in an earlier session. But notice here in verse 37, and they were astonished beyond measure. See, they were astonished beyond measure. And uh, saying, he has done all things well. Well, you know, the Lord's done all things well, hasn't he? He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Isn't that wonderful? Now, my time slipped away from me, but I feel impressed. I just want to go on just a couple more minutes. I, I, I want to get this next one in. Just take a couple of minutes. Look at Mark, the eighth chapter. And look at verse 22. Mark eight twenty-two. He came to Bethsaida. Now, my time has slipped, but I'm, I'm supposed to cover this here. So we will just take a few minutes. Mark 8, verse 22. He came to Bethsaida. Now, you know, uh, uh, if you remember, I told you earlier about Bethsaida and some of those other cities. And, and if you've forgotten, I want to refresh your memory. It's vital here. This was one of the cities where Jesus had done most of his mighty works and they did not repent. Do you remember us talking about that in an earlier session? Well, Bethsaida was a city in which he had done many of his mighty works. And they did not repent. So he comes here to Bethsaida and they brought a blind man to him. There it is again. They brought to him, notice, a blind man and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. Now, there's much we could say about this, much we could speculate about it. But, you know, as I was thinking about this and meditating on this, uh, he, he, I, I personally believe that Jesus had done all he was going to do in that town. He'd done all he was going to do in that town. He had been in that town. He did, he did such mighty works that he said that if those works had been done in Sodom, that Sodom would have repented. But this town didn't. I believe that uh, he had been in that town. Well, I know he'd been in that town. He did his, most of his mighty works in that town. They didn't repent. I believe that he was finished with that town. He came by there, but yet he took this man and led him out of the town. I believe this was Jesus pronouncing judgment on that, on that town. He wasn't going to do any more mighty works there. He was done with it. Now notice here, when he spit on his eye, now here he's spitting again. 
Jesus did spit some, didn't he? He'd spit on his eye. Why did he spit on his eyes? Why couldn't he have just said be open? Why couldn't he have just done a, done a general prayer? How many of you know he was being led of the Spirit of God? And that's what the Spirit of God was leading him to do. Jesus said, I don't do anything except I see my Father do it. Is that right? So that's what the Father was directing him to do. He spit on his eyes and put his hands on him. So he spit. Why couldn't he just put his hands on him? Well... You need to be led by the Spirit of God. Is that right? Do what he says do. Why did I have to hit that guy in the stomach? Why did I have to blow in that girl's eye? Because that's what the Holy Ghost said do. Why don't you blow in all their eyes? Why don't you hit all, all everybody in the stomach? Because the Holy Ghost doesn't tell me to. See, When he spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. Now notice here, Jesus said to this guy, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again. Do you notice Jesus did lay hands on somebody twice? Sometimes folks ask me, is it all right to have hands laid on you a second time? Well, if the Spirit of God leads you to have hands laid on you a second time, third time, whatever, be led by the Spirit of God. I like what one good minister said. He, he says this. He says the answer to a hundred, he says the answer to a thousand and one questions is being led by the Spirit of God. You ever think about that? That's, 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 that's worth writing down. That's the honest to goodness truth. The answer to a thousand and one questions is, is found in being led by the Holy Spirit. But notice, uh, uh, an excellent minister uh, makes that statement. And when he, uh, when he had spit on his eyes, he put his hands on him. He asked him if he saw anything. He looked up, said, I see men like trees, uh, walking. And he put his hands on his eyes again. And made him look up and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Isn't that wonderful? Then he sent him away to his house saying, now watch this. He said, neither go into the town nor tell anyone in the town. Why? Because he'd been in that town. He performed most of his mighty works in that town. They didn't repent. And so this guy needed to be healed. He needed to get his sight back. Jesus took him out of the town, healed him outside the town, and then told him to not go back in the town or tell anyone in the town. Why? Because I believe Jesus had been there. He, 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 he did all these wonderful things there. They'd been preached to. They've seen the power of God. I believe he was finished with it. And that was the end of it. You don't ever want to get to a place where God's finished with you. You don't ever want to get to a place where God's leaving you alone. And I said that to say this. You know those fires out there in, uh, in, uh, in, in the, on the West Coast. I heard the governor of California come on talking about this, that, and the other thing. And going on out there and talking about this, that, and the other thing. And not one time did I hear him say anything about the Lord. Not one time. Talking about this, that, and the other thing. But not one time. I've heard other politicians and other ones talking about this, that, and the other thing. You know how long it would take God to put that fire out, all them fires? How long would it take God to put those fires out? It wouldn't take him very long at all. He could, I tell you what, God could have those fires out by the time we get home, eat lunch, and sooner than that. Can anybody say amen? How come nobody's getting up talking about, let's call on the Lord? How come nobody is getting up talking about, or, or very few, some are, but very few, some are, but very few, how come we don't hear, um, preaching of national repentance in this land. 
How come? How come? Can anybody answer that question? You've got a few ministers talking about national repentance. But I tell you what, I hear very little on it. And I tell you what, the Holy Ghost warned us about these things. If you go back, you can check the archives of this ministry. The Holy Ghost warned us about this pandemic coming on the scene well before it ever came up. If you were here, the Spirit of God was talking to us about it, getting us ready for it. And then the Spirit of God warned us that if there wasn't national repentance, that you would see one thing right after another. Uh, how many remembers that? Does anybody remember that? The Spirit of God, uh, uh, you see, uh, been warning us all along, getting us ready, and, 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 and we ought to be ready. None of these things should be catching us by surprise. And I'll tell you what, those fires aren't the end of it either out there. I tell you what, if there's not national repentance in this land, you're going to just see one thing right after another, right after another, just like what the Holy Ghost told us. Can anybody say amen? And I'm telling you what, people need to call on God. We need to call on the Lord. I'm talking to those people out there. You know, I heard something about California. I heard something about it and from a very reputable source. And I heard that there's some kind of a law that they're trying to enact out there. That, that you can have sex with a child and as long as you're within 10 years of their age, it could be okay. That's not okay. Can anybody say amen to that? That, I'm worked up over that. That's not right. And then you wonder why the thing's burning down. And it's not just that. There's a whole bunch of other stuff we could talk about. And it's not just that area of the country. I mean, I mean, the Spirit of God's been saying in here for years that the judgment of God's pending on this nation. People get mad at me and leave the church because they want a flowery message all the time. Well, I give you a lot of flowery messages. But you know what? I tell you what, I, 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 there, there's things in the Word that, that's not all flowery, you know? You follow the Spirit of God, there'll be a lot of flowery stuff. But there's some things that aren't so flowery. But I'm telling you what, the Spirit of God got us ready for these things. And, uh, and, and I look around and I see a few preachers are talking about national repentance, but very few. I tell you what, this nation needs national repentance like they had in Nineveh from the, from the king to the cow, from the top to the bottom. Can you say amen? amen. And, 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 and these things that are going on out there in California, my goodness, I tell you what, they, they're talking about climate change. They're talking about this. They're talking about that. They're talking about the other thing. And, 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 and I'm telling you what, uh, we need, we, there needs to be a, a cry out to God in this land for national repentance. National repentance, I'm telling you what, God could put that fire out by the time we got home if anybody, you know, would call on him. You understand what I'm talking about. If the politicians would get together and sit in the sackcloth and ashes like they did in Nineveh, I tell you what, God could turn this situation. How long do you think it would take for God to run this p pandemic out of this country? How long do you think? We've been studying about Jesus' healing miracles, signs and wonders. How long do you think it would take Jesus to, to move through this land and, and, and run this pandemic out? How long do you think? It wouldn't take very long at all. But I'm telling you what, we need national repentance from the, from the king from, uh, to the to the, to, to the cows. We need, we need Christians repenting. And as Christians repent, then the message of the gospel would go out. We, we've had enough flowery messages. My goodness. We need, we need some preaching, some, some Holy Ghost preaching in this land. My goodness. Thus saith the Lord God, calling this nation to repentance. And I tell you what, you get national repentance in this land and, and things can change and God can, uh, can, can eradicate pandemics and He can put fires out and He can stop all these other things that are getting ready to come on this nation if we just had national repentance. Can you say amen? amen? But you mark my words, if there's not national repentance in this land, 
You're going to see not only this pandemic, fires on the West Coast, but you're going to see one thing, thus saith the Lord God. You're going to see one thing right after the next, and they're going to just get just, just one thing right after the next until this nation repents. And I'll tell you what, I, I just want to say this. I am convinced in my heart that God has turned this nation over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that it might be saved. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you ought to read 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. Because that man over there, he was cohabitating with his stepmother. And, and remember the Lord, and you see the Lord do this. He did it with Samson in the Bible and with others. And when people had gotten off in sin, and, and God had warned them and warned them and warned them and deal with them and deal with them and warned them and send prophets to them and warned them and warned them and warned them, and they would not repent, then because God's a good God. And the last measure that he would off take is he turns someone over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Why? So that when that destruction of the flesh hit them, they'd repent and turn back to God. You understand that? And I believe that's where this nation is right now, is, is in the process of God delivering it over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. So that what? So that it could be saved. God's motive is always to save people. He's a good God. He's a loving God. He's not a mean God, but I tell you what, this nation, God has cried out to it. God's cried out to it. God's cried out to it and, it. and it hasn't listened as it should. I said it hasn't listened as it should. And like this Bethsaida here, I believe Jesus was done with it. I believe the United States has received its last call. I believe, and you go back and you look at Brother Hagin, Brother Kenneth E. Hagin, who is a man of God, a prophet of God. He taught, he had a vision from God in 1950. And he talked back there then how the Lord showed him that when, and if you put it together and really look at it, when you see the burned out hulls, skyscrapers with burned out hulls, when you see skyscrapers, now this is not the way it was given to him directly, but, but as I've meditated on it over the years, when you see skyscrapers with burned out hulls, in that season, in that season, the United States is receiving its last call. And we saw that in 2001. I said we saw that in 2001. And it's been 19 years now, and I have not seen national repentance, repentance on a national scale. And the Spirit of God said to him that, 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 that those buildings is burned out hulls. You can go read it in his book, I Believe in Visions, that, that, that New York, that he didn't call New York, but that, that wouldn't be the only such city. It's very sobering. As I said, it's very sobering. Now, he did not call New York, but he said he saw a large metropolitan area with buildings, skyscrapers, burned out hulls. And he said that wouldn't be the only such city. Now, that's got my full attention. I said that's got my full attention. Then when you get what the Holy Ghost said, has been saying in here that, that if there's not national repentance, not only a pandemic, you got fires on the West Coast and one thing right after the next. But in the, in, when you see the burned out hulls, the nation's receiving its last call. And I believe this nation is in the process of that. And in the process of being delivered over to Satan through the structure of the flesh that, the, that we might still be saved. I believe this nation can still be pulled out. I said, I believe this nation can still be pulled out. I said, I believe the nation can still be pulled out. 
but we're going to have to stop all this flowery preaching that you see all over the place and, you're go- and all this hyper-prosperity nonsense. I believe in prosperity, but this hyper-stuff is a bunch of fooey. I tell you what, I'm a blessed man. I'm blessed from head to toe financially and every other way. But I don't believe that you know, this, 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 this hyper-stuff, it's, 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 it's hurting the nation. I'm telling you it is. That's one reason people don't go look at television anymore is because every time you turn some of these shows on, you got preachers talking about money. Let's talk about Jesus more than money. What do you say? But I believe this was. This this nation is going to be turned around and pulled out. But we're going to have to have some men, men stand up, some women stand up and say, Thus saith the Lord God, and begin to preach the word of God. Call this nation to repentance from the, from the, from the president all the way down to the peasant. Can you say amen? amen? And we need some truth telling. I tell you what, God's not going to bless a nation that's full of lies. We need to stop the lying and start telling the truth from the president all the way down to the pauper. Can you say amen? That includes the preacher, the president, and everybody. We need to be a nation of truth. Glory to God. And we, we, can, we can get back there, but we need, we need this nation called back to it. And, and the nation needs to come back to it and get re, come back to the Lord. We need to put God back in the public school and back in the public square. Glory to God. We need to eradicate abortion from this land. And we need to stop the same-sex marriage. I'm, the Holy Ghost been saying that again and again and again and again. But I tell you what, God has got to be welcomed back into the public school and in the public square. This holy book has got to be put back into the public square school abortion has got to be eradicated come on now having sex with a child if you're within 10 years that's 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 satanic that's of the devil i curse that in the name of the lord jesus and people that propagate that need to repent before they die and go to hell and this same sex, I'm telling you what, this same sex, sex is for a man and a woman as a husband and a wife. Until we get back to that, this nation's got rough times ahead. But glory to God, just like that man in 1 Corinthians that was turned over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, he repented and got back to God. Samson, if you look at Samson, he, he was turned over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. His eyes were put out. He was grinding at the devil's mill, but he repented. And his hair began to grow again after it had been shaven, and he got back to God. Well, this nation can get back to God. As I look at it, I don't see it's going to be easy, but it can be done. I said it can be done. And I tell you what, I'm talking to everybody in here and all the Christians out here. You better look at Jesus more than you look at Donald Trump. I said you better look to Jesus more than you look to Donald Trump. I tell you what, we got Christians in this land has deified that man. I tell you what, he's the president. We ought to have respect for him. But I tell you what, I'm not bowing my knee down to Donald Trump. I bow my knee to to the father of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you got too many, oh, the anointing of God just come on me now. You got too many Christians right now in this land bowing their knee down to Donald Trump. Get up! Uh, uh, get up off your knees to Donald Trump and bow your knees to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. I said glory to God. Amen. I said glory to God. I've never seen anything like this in my life. Glory to God. I, t- I don't care what it costs me. 
I respect the president. I respect Donald Trump. But my God, I've watched Christians. There's something come on them that they've got their knees bowed down to him, licking his boots. My God, let's have respect for him. But let's have far more respect for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the answer for this nation does not sit in the Oval Office. The answer for this nation sits on high at the right hand of power. And His name is Jesus Christ. Can anybody say Amen? Amen. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. Let's all stand up and say glory to God. I don't care, I don't care what that costs me. I don't care who that costs me. You know, there's preachers right now that are afraid to preach and say what I just did because they're afraid their church people walk out on them. Well, I tell you what, anybody that, that, that worships Donald Trump more than they do Jesus, I don't want them coming to this church. And I'm not taking that back. And I've had some people walk out of this place on me because they worship Donald Trump more than they worship Jesus. But if you attend here, we worship Jesus more than we worship Donald Trump. As much respect as I do have for the good things that man has done for this nation. But I'll tell you what, there's some things that man needs to repent and get right. And we need to stop the lying from the Oval Office. Glory to God. You look at this Bible, you look at this holy book, my God, you don't see the prophets of God coming to the politicians and bowing down to them. You see the politicians looking to the prophets of God for direction. Can you say amen to that? And it's backwards right now in the United States. You've got preachers afraid to say things. You've got politicians afraid to say things because they're afraid of a certain man. But I'm here today to tell you that that's out of line with the Bible. The politicians, the, the preachers don't look to the politicians. The politicians ought to be looking to the preachers. Amen. Amen. Can anybody say amen? amen? Now that's what the Holy Ghost has been wanting me to say for a while. But I hadn't been saying it because I was intimidated too. But I've decided I will not be intimidated anymore. Amen. We serve Jesus here at this church, not politics. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And, I'm t- and, I, and there's a reason I'm saying this right now. Because in the next weeks ahead, you, you're going to see stuff go on in this country like we hadn't seen before in the political arena. All kinds of bizarre things. And we need to get our eyes off the politics. We need to vote. We need to be involved. I've preached that for years. But we need to keep our eyes fixed. Not on Trump. Not on Biden. Not on Pence. Not on Harris. But we need to keep our eyes fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ. On the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. I said glory to God. The power of God's strong in here right now. And if you get offended at that, then I recommend that you go back and read that story I started with about offense. Glory to God. I tell you what, you know I'm telling the truth. It's a God's honest truth what I just said. Am I right, Diane? Amen. Glory to God. Finally, somebody's got the guts to say it. I got the guts to say it. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father God, we pray for this nation right now. We pray that you'd raise up men and women that are not afraid. I'm talking in the pulpit, dear God, that are not afraid of man or beast. Nor are they afraid of a tweet. Yeah, nor are they afraid of a tweet. Nor are they afraid of a tweet. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah. Nor are they, yeah, we, Lord God, raise up men and women in this nation that'll say, thus saith the Lord God. And they're not afraid of man or beast. They're not afraid of a tweet. I can see that, Lord. Oh, yeah, I can see. We, we have, in the next weeks ahead and months, well, I see Christians just over, overcome with the politics. Uh, yeah, it's inordinate. It's not right. It's, 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 it's overdone. How, how do I say that? They're, they're, they're consumed with it. They're, 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 it's, they, they need to be interested. They need to be involved. They need to. Yes, yes, yes. But it's, it's like it's, it's like it's out of whack. It's like, like just, it's, it's more important to them than anything else. Oh God. I pray that, that we would have a zeal for you more than a zeal for politics. Lord, raise up men and women that'll say, thus saith the Lord, not afraid of what it'll cost them. Not afraid of who will walk out of their church. Not afraid of who turn off the Facebook or the YouTube. Not afraid to say, thus saith the Lord. So I know, Lord, this is what I just said right now. Will, 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 you know, could cost me people. But I said it to try to knock the, knock the blinders off of them. You can be in, too involved in certain things. And things can be too, have too much preeminence. You should have figured out by now, I'm talking to the people now, that politics, if it was going to solve the problem, the problem would have been solved a long time ago. This is not a political problem, it's a spiritual problem. Amen. And the fault of it lays behind the pulpits of America. Alexis de Tocqueville said he found the genius of America in the pulpits of America. So Father, I pray for the pulpits. I pray for the pulpits. They'd be, that they again be ablaze with the preaching of the gospel. But also that the, pul- that the pulpits would be ablaze, but that the pews would have listening ears and attentive ears. We know sinners are going to do what they're going to do. But, 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 but we've had preachers not preaching the Word of God and people in pews all over this nation not attentive to the Word of God. Lord, may that change. I pray for the hearts of the people in the pews that their hearts would be turned to you. Oh, they're saved, all right. Many of them filled with the Spirit. But that they'd be turned to you in a new and a fresh way. And that as a result of that, as a result of that, that repentance would come. And that it would be on a national scale. And, sir, I pray and I ask that somehow or another, and it looks so impossible, but with God all things are, are, are possible. Amen. But how, oh God, oh Oh, we've, we've got to get you back into the public square and the public school. God, abortion has got to be stopped. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. And we must honor your law of marriage. Glory to God. And if those things would be done, and people would turn to you, these things that I see coming upon this land, which I saw the pandemic coming, I saw that. This documented. I saw these other calamities. But they could all be averted. And the fire could be put out. (laughs) 
The storms could be stopped. The sickness could be halted. The earthquakes. The earthquake. Yeah, there could be averted. Hmm. But it's up to us. So may the pulpits be ablaze with the preaching of the word of God. And may the hearts of the people be attentive. And may they marvel at the great works of of the Lord God. Not come against the spirit of offense. Stand against that too in the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, anyway, in Jesus' name, bring me those. Power of God's all over this place. Stretch your hands up here. Stretch your hands up here. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we lay our hands on these claws. And we inject the healing power of God just like somebody would be injected with a, with a needle, a syringe. We inject the power of God into these claws that will go to these cancer patients. As they put these head coverings on, as they put these masks on, I curse cancer. Cancer, I curse you. I curse you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I curse you. I command you to leave these bodies. If there's a demonic spirit causing the cancer, I speak to you and I command you, get out of their bodies in Jesus' name. And may the power of God saturate their bodies to drive that foul disease out. That foul disease from hell may it be driven from these bodies. And may God get all the glory and may people marvel as people who have been given up with terminal, terminal, terminal. I can tell you right now, uh, there's, there, 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 there's, I just see it. Just I just see it right in front of me that there's some that the, that these these particular ones I didn't see it all the other times. There's some that these particular ones are going to go to, who who for sure have been given up to die. I think one's going to go to pa- a, a pancreatic situation. Pancreatic can't. I curse pancreatic. I curse it. I curse you in Jesus' name. I curse you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And they're going to be healed. And people will marvel at the wondrous works of Almighty God. Yeah, I'm talking giving up to die. On their deathbed. And the power of God will go in and heal them. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Brandy makes those and and she does a great job. Praise God.
Praise God, praise God, praise God. Ekandara homanande geso sakadeya. Ramaho ke lama ledalate sutukama lohomo sakade. Singinena raikura is a semandante zunungandana ratote barahai kalasataladesakade. Yes, there were many sobering words spoken here. But sometimes say it the Spirit of God. I have to do these things to get people's attention. To knock the blindness and the stupor off of them. So here, with an attentive heart, the things that were spoken here today. And don't be offended, but rather examine yourself. And then stir yourself up. If you're a preacher, stir yourself up in the pulpit. And if you're a parishioner, stir yourself up. Stir yourself up in your prayer life and pray and pray and pray. Stir yourself up and be sure to vote. Stir yourself up. Stir yourself up and cry out to me. Humble yourselves before me. And I'll hear from heaven. And I'll heal your land. But it's up to you, saith the Spirit of the Lord. So hear these words, not from a perspective of gloom and doom, but hear them rather as me loving you and warning you. For I've given you still yet time to change the direction of this nation. But the time is short and time is running out. So work while it is day for the night's coming when no one will be able to work. Well, that's what the Holy Ghost is saying, I believe. Well, let's raise our hands and thank him. We bless you and praise you. We glorify you. We bless you. We praise you. Father, I pray that these words would fall upon the ears of those that need to hear them. In Jesus' name. And I leave it with you and I will not, I will not take the care. Lord, yeah, I see that. In days gone by, I'd make stern statements and then I'd carry that care. Who's it going to cost me? Who's going to leave my church? Who's going to this and that? I leave the care here in the pulpit. I said, I did what you told me to do and whatever it cost me, it just cost me. I love you, Lord. I bless you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed.